0: At the beginning of the school year, he had buried a quart jar of pennies underneath his house. He drew a treasure map so he could find them again. A week later, his mom cleaned out his room and threw away the map. Vern had been trying to find those pennies for nine months. Nine months, man. He didn't know whether to laugh or cry.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Trackless Podcast Show. I'm Darren Jenkins. Saunders. And on today's show, we are doing the classic film, Stand By Me, the 1986 classic film. And uh, I think we're doing this as part of our countdown to 100. Uh, Yeah, fine. We're getting there. This is 90. Um, I'll read the synopsis. After the death of one of his friends, a writer recounts a childhood journey with his friends to find... The Body of a Missing Boy cast um, includes uh, Will Wheaton, Jerry O'Connell, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Reef, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Richard Dreyfuss, Reifer. and John Cusack. Director-
0: I like I like I Kiefer like Sutherland better.
1: <laughs> yeah, Reefer Sutherland. <laughs> it was probably more accurate. Um, yeah. uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Um, this is inspired by Stephen King book, um, The Body. Um, Budget for this was 8 million and the box office was 52.3. That's not bad. It's not bad for those times, right? It's pretty good.
0: Um let's see. I'm just going to say IMDb anyway. 8.1 out of 10. Huh, rating. Uh, uh Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it 92%, the audience gave it 94%. So hmm. It's pretty unanimous here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't seen this movie in quite a while.
0: Dude, yeah, I can't even tell you. But it's it is one of those movies that used to be on TV all all the time,
1: all the time. It was like this uh, Indiana Jones and like the Crow,
0: (laughs) (laughs) which we have done. Um, Yes. Yeah, I mean, so this is set in 1959. So. Released in eighty six, nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. set in nineteen fifty nine in Castle Rock, Oregon. I don't know if that's a real place, but that is the name of Rob Reiner's production company. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I mean, right off the bat, um, the scoring, the scoring of "Stand by Me" it's just used. <laughs> in yeah. Saw in the movie as we come into the intro it was really cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and we got a. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss as the older Geordi. Yeah. Um, I mean, this guy. uh, I don't know if he's got a lifetime achievement award yet, but he's you know he's up there. We've done um, American Graffiti with him in it in a completely different role.
1: I I feel like we're going to see him at least one or two more times before we're finished doing you know some of the 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 more classic films. So.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of um. What's the movie with the, the alien season? Um Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Close Encounters, yeah. Does Does that have a good uh, soundtrack? Jeez. I don't know.
1: I haven't watched it in quite a while, so yeah. that might be worth us checking out.
0: Might just be... Dun, 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 dun. That might well, be that definitely will hit the charts. I remember <laughs> that was on the
1: charts. They had remixes and disco mixes, and, you know, so...
0: So we got that guy in here, Richard Dreyfuss. Um I mean, I just think, like, I'm sure plenty of people agree with this, but this is just like a very well done film. Yeah. Um. Even just the scene where he's just sitting in a car, reading a headline in a newspaper, kind of, and then we get to reminiscing of the whole, you know, as they were kids. It's just like the the tone and like the atmosphere that it, the way it's shot just feels like exactly what the, the director was trying to communicate to us.
1: Yeah. I think um, for anybody who wants to be a filmmaker, to me this is on the list of films you should be watching for the cinematography for the blocking for the score for the the screenplay i mean this the the dialogue in this is um even though they use the p word quite a uh, lot in this movie
0: i was going i was going to say is this the world record for the use of the it's p gotta word be, right? in a movie <laughs> because at one point someone says it like five times in a row like
1: yeah they just kept like how like like they just kinda of like trying to one up each other on how many times they can use it
0: is this an inspiration for uh, Tarantino and the other word?
1: ooh, that's a good question <laughs> that's a good one
0: um yeah, I mean, and also just like the, the pay you know we talk about pacing the film as well um mm-hmm. it, it's just like there's no there's no wasted film, yeah. So I don't know, I guess we would say editing too, because I don't know what they edited out, but like, yeah. it's just like so well-paced. There's no like time where like, even if they're sitting around, like you're developing something in that scene, um, as opposed to like, uh, you're just waiting for the next scene to come. Right. So right. I well, this that was really well done.
1: I had to look and go like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, how? Because, how? you know, we we live in the age of two and three hour movies now. I had to mm-hmm. look and see this was a tight one thirty. I mean, yep. just
0: mm-hmm. efficient. Yeah. Who's, who, who's the one that just uh, released that movie? Uh, is it, uh, is it Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Something um, the something, moves. Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese, he, he's complaining that people are like, we're not trying to watch a three and a half hour movie. And he's like, well, you need to like, you know, you'll, you'll sit down and binge TV shows for longer than that. Like, dude, don't try and argue with people. This movie yeah. is a masterpiece and it was an hour and a half. Like, if you can't yeah. fucking do the same thing, there's some God. Wrong.
1: I wonder if we're, uh, is that, is that era ever going to come back where you just did like a nice drama, you know, 130, 150, something like that and just be done? Mm-hmm. You know?
3: Um,
0: it's crazy. Like, and I think it's like Scorsese is also like anti Disney and MCU. So like, he just didn't want to like, he doesn't want to do a sequel when this clearly needed a sequel <laughs> it's three and a half hours anyway, yeah, sidetrack um yeah, so a nice type one thirty um and I thought the 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 kids were just written so well, just like and that's a big compliment from you, considering yes yes well well yeah. there's 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 the writing for the, the for the for, for child <laughs> actors and then there's the actual child actors acting right. and I think both are done really well in this film, yeah, um it's Ooh, just like Wheaton, the,
1: the, man. Will Whedon in this movie? I mean, how is he? I mean, I know he he goes on to do obviously Star Trek Next TNG, mm-hmm. but how is it that he wasn't like a bigger cinematic star after this movie because he was he was so know. good. He was so yeah, good. in this I, movie.
0: It's, it's a good, it's a good question. Like, I'm not gonna say he's like my favorite actor of all time, but yeah, right. There's something strange that he wasn't in more after this. Right. Like more bigger, like bigger roles.
1: I think, uh, I mean, if there's a such thing, I think he fell victim to the Mark Hamill effect where your character just became too beloved that people couldn't see you in anything else.
0: Yeah. The whole typecasting. I mean, that being said, Mark Hamill has done a lot of voice actor roles specifically for the Joker in DC. Um, and he's actually in the Fall of oh, the House the- of Usher.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh
0: which I very, love seeing him on there. Dude, I mean his <laughs> it's a different character.
1: <laughs> yeah, his character's not what you expect expecting from uh Luke Skywalker, that's for sure.
0: No, no, the force is not with this dude. He's more like the dark side. <laughs> um yeah, but um a lot of good performances, uh Phoenix, you know River Phoenix, who passed away at 23. Yeah, um, he's probably my favorite person in this movie.
1: Yeah, he was he
0: was really good. Um, the other the other two guys are more like caricatures.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. But we have our boy, uh, Corey Feldman again, which we did with um the Lost Boys. He was yep. in that from, and he's just being Corey Feldman.
1: Yeah, he's. <laughs> If you like overacting in the '80s, that's your dude right
0: there. Apparently, he said like th- this role was like the closest to his actual personality of any other role that he's done. At least at that oh, that's age, scary. Yeah, it's not something you want to share with people. That was the other thing. Um, apparently, uh, Stephen King went to this the screening for this movie. One of the trivia things I found on IMDb was that he was like rob reiner noticed he was like shaking during the movie mm. um and that uh i guess after the film he said that uh, stephen king said this was like the best ad- adaptation of one of his books
1: which says a lot because he or didn't not, like a lot of them
0: or if not the i mean the, the you know the, did he like the shining and shawshank redemption because
1: i don't think he liked the shining really? shawshank i'm not sure to be honest but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he went on record saying he didn't really enjoy how what they did with the Shining.
0: That's crazy because I like. Yeah, I Shining, love, love the Shining. Jack just like Nicholson, one of those movies,
1: like mm, 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 mm.
0: like Jack Nicholson will never, in my mind, top that performance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: it never has. God,
1: it's too bad that that doesn't have like great soundtrack because that
0: would be a mm. dope movie to do i you know i think it has a couple songs like well it has if that it has old, one, like 19- just do it yeah probably <laughs> it has like 1920 song at the end that's just playing oh right i think there's another song maybe when they're driving up to the um to the hotel there might be one you know there's there's probably some music like when they're at home like in their actual mm. apartment there's probably like music playing unless it's a tv it's probably it's probably enough for us to make an excuse to do it, but yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think there's certain films that like we should just go out of our way to do it, even if we. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, the in the last song on the credits that was dope.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> we do it with James Bond, so <laughs> yeah, it's so, one yeah. song. Um, and then like the whole backstory for Jordy's brother dying four months earlier, uh, and that kind of. Is peppered in throughout the story, like some flashbacks and all that, some dreams and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, that's just, just like almost what the fuck. Like it's just a fucked up part of the story, but I love how it ties in. Yeah. Uh, later yeah.
2: Later
0: on. Yeah. Um, we have a consummate, the consummate asshole, Kiefer Sutherland.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this – so we've done a few different John Cusack movies already. And um have we Yeah, we've done we did um the, the uh High fidelity. Up. Yeah. And I think we did something else he did too. I can't remember what the other movie was. I mean,
0: he's not a huge character in this.
1: No. But he, I think <laughs> this might be the first time on the screen that I thought he was actually a good actor. And, and yeah. you know well, versus a celebrity, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, he was. I felt like he just wasn't trying to do too much in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he did what he supposed to, and it was solid. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that was also because. So, I think one of the other results of this movie being such a nicely tight, well-paced movie is it that the actors had to kind of like you kind of had to squeeze them down into a box so they didn't run rampant. You know, like Mm-mm. like. Robert Downey Jr. would have not would not have made been able to be in this movie because he's so used to kind of like riffing and you know doing his thing on the side here there and you know this movie was very tight. I don't think this is kind of the movie where an actor who improvise, uh, improvises could do more on this. I, I, like I would. I would. I wouldn't want to see that version of the movie at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was actually in the screenplay, but like, you know, the the four boys have a lot of back and forth that may or may not have been some improvisation there. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I think also just on the side of like balance, those four characters, like, there's not one that's like really stealing the show, in the sense that like everyone was very balanced and like what they did, right? Like, Jerry O'Connell is very, like, scaredy-cat, like, role, and you get an even amount of that versus an even amount of, like, the crazy of Feldman, and then, like, the, I don't know if you call it, like, the the cool guy, uh, the Chris character, and then, like, the, I don't know, we call it, would you call, uh, what's his name? Like, the intellectual? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, he came up with plans, and they all kind of were, like, it's kind of like um, there's a lot of like the outsiders in this movie, too, where mm-hmm. each character had its, had this lane that they were in. And there's always one dude who has the most hope of getting out of the hood. You know what I mean? Um, Are that, you talking about always in the tr- hood
3: now? <laughs>
0: i guess so right
1: it was pretty much boys in the hood right
0: well it's boys in the hood well yeah it's just like you know i probably identify and i don't identify with the hood but like i probably identify more with the city (laughs) boys in the hood than i do with like the countryside of oregon in this movie so yeah i think that movie was made more for me than Stand by me but i did find myself identifying you know with like the friendships and like just being a kid and like the, the the coming of age stories you know that we're seeing here
1: yeah yeah, I, it's funny. Right, literally right after I watched this movie, I was on TikTok and there's a there's a case being talked about right now where these four kids are on being tried for murder because they decided they have anything that's better to do, so they went up on a, a one of those bridges that go across the highway, mm-hmm. started throwing rocks off the bridge, and they killed this dude. And I'm just like. Yeah, there's you know, like these four kids feel like they like they were like a moment away from all being in prison.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, there's guns and stuff in this shit, and like guns, smoking, shit. Yeah, well, there's a what the fuck moment, but (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck? One of my what the fuck moments was the kids smoking, but like apparently. I, I didn't. I assumed they didn't actually have them smoking a cigarette, so it was like made from lettuce leaves with whatever they were smoking. Oh, like, is that what? That's that's got to be harmful too, though, right? You're just, but you still yeah, put smoke in your body,
1: the, burning anything and sucking it into your body. You, yeah, it, yeah,
0: no. Um, but you were just talking about uh, John Cusack. This is actually his seventh movie, and you know how a lot of the people we, you know, when we look at their body of work. There's usually like, oh yeah, they did they did like an uncredited thing in this TV show, or they did a few TV shows. For he went straight to movies, bro. Yeah, he it is. was class, which I don't I don't know what class is, but then Sixteen Candles. He's got nothing before that. Nineteen eighty three. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, but John Cusack comes from a Hollywood family.
0: Well, there you go.
1: So the, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that's how he got his first role. I do, but I would say it had something to do with it.
0: I, I I'll say that's how he got his first role. <laughs> let's see, let's so see. So John Cusack is
1: like, never coming on this show, right? <laughs> uh, I
0: mean, he can argue his case if he wants. Um,
1: that'd be cool. Come on, John. come on, John.
0: Let's, let's see. Uh, just as a comparison, let's see Joan Cusack. Let's see, ready? Her first role? No, nice. she's got some TV shows. Actually, no. Her first shit was a movie too. Thank you. Okay. Oh, they were in class together in 16 Candles in Grandview USA. Oh, this must have been all produced by their parents.
1: Yeah, his father. Yeah, <laughs> his, his, uh, um, was a filmmaker.
0: Okay, that that okay. Shaking my head, John. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I think. When we talk about this film, we, you already mentioned classic. I mean, iconic is another word that comes to mind. Yep. Um, just the, the shot. It's probably on the cover of the, the you know, when you had the VHS or the DVD is the the four of them walking next to each other on the train tracks. Yeah. It's a very iconic shot <laughs> right there. Yeah. Um, speaking of train tracks, Teddy was bugging.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's Corey the
0: character was just um, standing on the tracks with a train coming.
1: He's crazy. And so I was going to ask you that question is like, so did you have a, did you have a friend who was like, cause I feel like everybody when you're a kid has at least one, one dude that they were kind of friends with who had some questionable judgment calls in his life.
0: I mean, at that age, I don't remember. Later on, yes, but... <laughs> I did. I, or or, or are, you, are you asking, was I that person? I think that's what you're asking.
1: Well, if, that was, if you were that person, dude, this would be a different podcast. Oh. This would be movie talk from Rikers.
0: <laughs> you you ain't, you ain't never seen my ear before, bro. It's like Teddy. No. Um, okay. It's just funny you mentioned Rikers because I actually have a friend from high school that went to Rikers like, after oh. graduation. So it's... That's that's what I was talking about a little later on.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I probably he's probably roommate with my best friend.
0: Maybe go. There you go. Well, he's he's deported to another country now. So. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, but that dude was crazy. Just what do you call it, train dodging? Nah, man, nope, nope. Have you ever nope.
1: walked on the train tracks?
0: Uh, I don't think I've walked on like an active train track. Like one that's mm. been like no trains don't go there anymore probably, yeah. No, I don't with that. I've shit. done both. Uh, so you were, you were titty.
1: No, I was um, probably probably will. I was probably will. You ain't that
0: smart, at I, um, I don't have to be smart. I
1: can tell stories.
0: <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. The, the, I think I feel like as I was watching this, I was like, yeah, I definitely got a lot of stuff like. My ideas about like the Burbs from this yeah. movie, <laughs> like like walking on the train tracks, mm. the whole smashing mailboxes with a bat, like from a oh that
1: f- that was I was like what the f- um, is, oh what the fuck moment okay
0: Wait, uh, uh random dead bodies I, I feel like that happens all the time in the Burbs <laughs> maybe I get that from horror movies too but, uh, yeah Right. but
3: then like other other bodies. stuff yeah
0: right no that doesn't happen I don't um, know. But then, like, even other stuff that I used, I, I didn't even notice until now it was from this movie. But, like, the whole thing, um, a- after, uh, Jordy gets his hat tape stolen by Chris's brother, um, they're walking down the block and they're, like, they're kind of sidekicking each other in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably got that from this movie. Um, the, that was so funny I forgot to laugh. Oh, uh, yeah. I probably got that from this movie and uh. I don't shut up. I grow up, and when I look at you, I throw up. I've
1: never heard that one before. Really?
0: No. And then your mom comes and she licks it up.
1: I have never heard that before, but I assume that was that was being done by other kids after after this.
0: I I did it. I definitely did it. Um, Another question for you: Is this the um? Is this the origin? Is this movie the origin of mama jokes?
1: Ooh, uh, wow that's a good one well wow that's a good one I don't know I feel like I don't want to answer that question yet because I don't want to I feel like there's got to be a, a, like a black movie out there that pre predates this that maybe this was stolen from but
0: I wouldn't be surprised I mean, I couldn't. I can't name a movie right now that does it does it to this extent.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that would be like ten to fifteen mother references, At and not least. in a good, not in a good way.
1: You know, you might be. You might actually be right.
0: We have our. Anyone wants to call in right now and correct us if we're wrong? We'll, we'll wait.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. All right. So. I guess that's going to bring us to uh, today's segment of. So hold up. So they, they're well. First of all, they lie. I mean, we've seen this where they lie to the parents that they're sleeping over at somebody's house, and then they go off on this adventure. But they get to the junkyard, yeah. where they have heard about this dog that bites people's balls. And hey, y'all just going to hang out there chilling throwing rocks and <laughs> cans? Uh
1: well you know I don't want to give racial on here but they are white so <laughs> I feel like but brothers I don't want to get that. racial
0: I don't want to get racial but I will. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I mean half of me half of me is offended Darren. Well
1: the other half is laughing inside though. I don't <laughs> um yeah that I was like, well, that's, like, it, it didn't make any sense to me for, like, when they were climbing over and they were, they were talking. And I'm just like, if this dog is supposed to be as fearsome as they think he's supposed to be, why in the world would you go there to hang out? Not just go there to hang out. Yeah, because, like, you could have
0: just hung out outside the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you, you know. doing? Um, but this kind of goes back to me, despite that. This kind of goes back to my thing about how, like there's being no wasted film in this movie, like that yep. scene, right you know they are just sitting around throwing rocks and cans, like shooting the shit, but it's really developing their relationship and like the, you know some of it's that back and forth um it's just like you're still engaged right you're not sitting there again, waiting for the next scene, waiting for the scene yeah. and you know, again yeah. film
1: and that's really the challenge, right because uh when they start out on this track and they had to just walk straight, like just, just going to walk. Then it becomes boring, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes, then they've got to kind of generate something of interest to do along that road. But doing like these little pit stops and stuff kind of added to the opportunity for them to kind of, develop this relationship between each other to kind of show the different pieces of their, um, personality. Uh, so that was a nice, that was a nice, uh, way of kind of doing that.
0: Yeah. Again, like just to the, the, how well written it is. Um, and kind of like, I couldn't even tell you if I had deep conversation like this when I was like 12, 13, but like, you know, like, you know, Jordy's brother passed away four years ago or four months ago. The parents, like, he says, are, like, ignoring him now because um, his brother, Denny, was, like, the golden child. But then you have the backstory of Chris. Um I guess they're going to go into, like, he steals, like, the lunch money and, like, people's perspective, perspective of him being a thief. And then you have uh Corey Feldman's character We already called crazy, but he's a little crazy. But his father, like, pressed his ear to the stove when he was a kid, and it's like almost burned off. And actually, when I said it was balanced, like, we get a lot of those backstories there. There's not much about um, Jerry O'Connell's character. Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say he's really doing about it. Vern, Vern. He's he's more of this like, you know, scaredy cat, comic relief kind of character. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But you have all these things. uh, but even then it's more uh Jordy and Chris who have those serious conversations. And there's one scene where they're walking in twos, Corey and Chris and Vern and uh I forget Cory character. I, I said it earlier. Uh Teddy. They're walking in those two groups and like Chris and uh Jordy are talking about like his future and like writing and going to college and like Chris is like, you know. Jordy actually says, you know, writing is stupid because that's probably something his dad told him. And like now uh, Chris is filling that role of like his brother, yep. at, uh, Denny. And it's a very like meaningful conversation. Then you have Vern and Teddy talking about Superman versus Mighty Mouse. <laughs> um, Who hasn't
1: had that conversation? I've had that conversation on Facebook.
0: Really? That's a stupid conversation. Clearly Superman. I just love they're like,
1: he's a real man, you can't
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like Of course, of course Superman's going. He's a real person. Yeah. Um Yeah, hey, but um I enjoyed uh that- I
1: have a question for you real quick. And it just occurred to me when you were talking about all this. Did they get the name for Geordie LaForge from this movie?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's spelled differently. And it's, yeah, it's but Gordy. it seems it's like a Gordy. I think I've been saying Jordy. I think it's Gordy. That's like short for Gordon. Not yeah. even short for it. Gordon versus Jordy. I, I mean, maybe maybe Will Wheaton was like, "Hey, I got this great fucking idea. I was thinking about it for twenty years, uh, ten years, <laughs> twenty years." Um, I, good. I mean, you know, Levar, Will. If you want to hit us up, let us know. We'll wait. Wait. So I got I got a third of the way through this movie and and I started like questioning my mom letting me watch this as a kid (laughs) because as you've already mentioned the the p word is used quite often as well as the the f word yeah makes a few appearances.
1: This is definitely a juvenile delinquent dream.
0: Yeah. Well, you know you can't show me this movie and then like be surprised when I start using cuss words (laughs) around (laughs) the house. My mom like, don't say don't use that word. I'm like, but you said it But
1: you just showed this.
0: Yeah. So, you know, mom, great job.
1: Well, um, at least you yeah. didn't start smoking because of it. So there's
0: that. Yeah. Right. So it's a good Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, I actually liked um we were just talking about that conversation Chris and um Jordi Gordy are mm. having. Um and like filling, like Chris filling that role. Like, I mean, I just felt like Chris was filling the role of Denny because you get those yep. flashbacks of Denny, like supporting, like his there at the dinner table with the parents and the dad's asking Denny about, like, was he play baseball? I am guessing. And like the next game coming up and scouts being there, and like Denny tries to ch- change the conversation to the story that uh, Gordy wrote. The father's not even fucking listening. And then like it was that football. Same, same football in that same way, Chris is... Trying to support his writing. Yeah. Um, because it's not, you know, he's, as he says, that's your dad speaking when Gordy says, yeah. oh, writing's stupid or whatever. Um, so I liked that relationship. It was like not just friends, but like this kind of brotherly relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I mean, uh, this is not a movie that, if you're looking for good. Father figures. This ain't the movie, man. <laughs> I mean, they were 0 for three
0: <laughs> in this movie. Well, yeah, because we don't we don't hear about Vern's parents, but he's a scaredy cat, so they must have done something wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, it was no, right but they also right say there. at the end that hmm. they all fall out of touch. Like, the, the those two, Chris uh, yeah. and Gordon, fall out of touch with Vern and Teddy. So that
1: What's feels about right. It? Because I was thinking about, I, I mean, honestly, you, this does not, this movie does not apply to you whatsoever because you have friends from grammar school still. I, 12 years old, I have no idea who I was friends with. And except for one dude who I told you was in prison and the rest of them, I couldn't tell, I couldn't even begin to remember their names.
0: Man. Yes. People just might not like you, man. Sorry.
1: Or maybe, you know, I wasn't trying to go to prison.
0: I mean, have you asked what? your friend how it is over there? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. There was a couple scenes, you know. I think there's this is a, a decent amount of what the fuck moments in this movie. Oh, there's a lot. Um, but this, this one's not one. This is like, what the fuck light, baby. I don't know the hmm. whole the whole scene where they're crossing that bridge and uh, then the train comes and like they can't go to the sides because it's like fifty feet and they whatever I don't know, however high it was and yeah. Vern just drops to the tracks and doesn't
1: move. I was I was like all right, we'll see you, Vern. It was nice knowing you.
0: Yeah, we we we're gonna fall out of touch after this movie anyway, so. <laughs> Later,
1: we came up here to see a dead body. I guess we're gonna be seen. You know? I
0: guess we don't have to walk as far as we thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that was, that was, that was like,
1: was... wow, man. Yeah, it was kind of what the fuck, like, yeah.
0: Which which led me to the question of, uh not just when Teddy was standing on the tracks, like playing train dodging, and then this scene. Do these trains not have brakes? They don't care. Well, okay. and
1: I guess. I mean, see, it doesn't make. I guess it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Is that was a coal powered or wood powered engine, right? Because you see the smoke stack, which means it's not an electric train. If it was an electric train, yeah, they're done. They were just done. But this train could stop because they weren't going that fast. They could have stopped them plenty of time to kind of let them have time to get off the tracks. So I, they obviously also, didn't care about these kids.
0: No. Okay. Just just, just checking. Um, 1956.
1: 1956. Don't give, it was don't no problem. Just you. kill a kid and whatever.
0: Got it. Okay. Just just qualifying that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, which then brings us to the actual what the fuck moment. This had to be in my main notes, not my... What the fuck section. The tie-in contest story that Jordy. Uh, uh, Gordy, what the yeah, fuck?
1: There was a whole. I'm, I'm, I don't was, I'm I was.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess like that's a story that a kid would come up with.
1: <laughs> yeah. I suppose. There was a lot to. Like, there's a. It's what the fuck. Wrapped in this doesn't age well. At the same time, because
0: right, that's a whole it's a whole story about body shaming. But he does get yeah. his revenge, so in that sense, yeah. it's kind of progressive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uh, I did like the theme. I did like the the revenge factor of it.
0: Mm, so, and apparently, um also IMDb tri, IMDb trivia. According to Andy Lindbergh, who plays Lardass Hogan, uh, one of the child extras in that scene actually threw up during the filming. Oh, my God. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you think? Um, so I don't know if that's uh, against child labor laws. making Inducing a child to vomit, but there yeah. you have it.
1: I mean, he threw up into the dude's mouth next to him. I was just like, "Oh, come
0: on!" I mean, we didn't have to get into that much detail. Thanks. Yeah, there. Well. Um, yeah. So, like, I just feel like we talked about how long this film was in an hour and a half, and like all again, like the pacing, all this these scenes that they were able to fit into an hour and a half. Like, even just from the opening scene that we talked about with uh the older Gordon in the car, and then the kids are now meeting up and then uh, in, the, in the tree house playing cars and smoking. And then like we bring in Kiefer Sutherland and you having, okay. now we introduce the antagonist into like their void, like finding about the body and that they're, they're this journey they're going on, like all this stuff. And then the flashbacks of the dreams, like so much happens in this film. And it only covers like, they say two days. Yeah. Um, I mean, amazing hour and a half.
1: Yeah. And if you really think about it too, One of the reasons why this movie costs about $7 million to do is because technically it's almost like, it's almost like one of those movies that was shot during COVID where you really only have, I mean, most of what gets shot is outdoors on the train tracks. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some stuff indoors here and there, but most of it is just these four kids in the, in the woods. And so Very economically shot from a financial standpoint, too.
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm not even trying to think. There's a a scene in Gordon's house when he's looking for his hat or something. And then there's a, a store. Yep. I can't even think of any scene after that where they're actually indoors.
1: Oh, the, um, when, um when Geordie is having dinner with his family.
0: Oh, yeah. I think that's it, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Um, And the end of And then there's that fucked up dream that oh. Gordon has. And it's like, it's that's when, again, when it's written so well, you can absolutely see a kid reacting this way. Like, we don't even know if his memories are accurate, like how the parents were, like, doting so much on Denny. Yeah. And so it's like he was a golden child. Like we don't even know if those memories are like maybe that's just the way he perceived them. Right, right. And now he thinks that they're ignoring him because then he passed away and like then the, then the dream where he, he's at the funeral and his dad puts his hand on his shoulder and said, It should have been you. I was like, Oh my god.
1: Yeah, that was that was a heavy <laughs> moment. And Yeah. And for especially for someone his age, you know, that's just talk about your worst nightmares.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah there's just so much good about this movie. Um, yeah. It, and I don't know if this qualifies falls into that category. This is another what the fuck moment that had to be in the mainstream of thought here, which is the leech <laughs>
1: scene. Oh, Lord. I think that's one of the really famous scenes I that like seriously, if I didn't, if it wasn't like Paramount to watch it because I think it's an iconic moment. I want to skip that because it was painful to watch.
0: <laughs> well, you know that's that's like borderline. I don't know if if that holds up today. I don't nope. know if you can have that scene in the movie now. Uh with a child actor reaching into his underwear.
2: Yeah, that that out would, would
1: be. Hmm. It, well, if it was like an you, indie film, maybe, but yeah. Hollywood, no.
0: So I don't know. I don't know if we should go into any more detail. If you haven't seen this movie spoilers, and wow, if you haven't seen this movie, movie. sad, yeah, hashtag sad. Cause what is it? It's uh, almost, it's almost 40 years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you are a little behind a little bit. Um, yeah, but we talked about, like, I, I kind of go back to River Phoenix. Cause like, mm. I feel like at, at this time and like, I think it was more like this time. Obviously, this—he's in Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade for the opening scene, um, but he was like a prodigy, like this child prodigy um, for this movie. And I don't—I really couldn't even tell you—you you know how many other films he had been in
1: before
2: uh, he most, passed
0: away.
1: Um, he wasn't in many after that.
0: Um, oh, he was in Sneakers
1: yeah sneakers. He was actually the, pretty good in
0: that the thing called love, which I haven't really seen, but I've heard of Indiana Jones the last crusade yeah, I mean ugh. that dude this guy was in what a it's just so sad,
2: yeah, I really like liked him
0: actually does in movies,
1: yeah, um he was just getting started, and he's he um I think he. Heath Ledger kind of reminds me of him a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, just in like the potential and, um, you know, when he did the young Indiana Jones, I was like,
0: Oh, Mm-mm.
1: okay. Okay.
0: It belongs in a museum. Sorry. That line always stuck in my head.
2: Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, even like that, the, in particular, one particular part of the, the scene in the movie was um, when they find the body, and then Kiefer Sutherland and his boys come, and he's like that. He's like the determination not to have them take the body. Yeah, um, but like you see the fear in his face. Like we talk about subtlety, right? It's like wavering between like fear and determination. Um, I mean, at that age, holy shit, I can't. Yeah. I couldn't even do that now. <laughs> Plenty of actors. Probably couldn't even do that now, but he he did it then. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm sad to you know think that he died at twenty three and like what he would have could have done after that.
1: Yeah, it, um, I think uh, it would have been interesting to see because DiCaprio was coming up around the same time, and I think they were kind of cut out of the same cloth would have been interesting to see how he, how that would have shaken out, you know? So well,
0: that, 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 I mean, you said that right now and I'm like, okay, that would have been like later on in their careers would have been like a De Niro Pacino face off in some kind of movie, you know, like, like heat where they sit down face to face at the diner. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, you know, you know, DiCaprio probably got a lot of roles that, yeah. Phoenix would have got too. So,
1: I could have seen Phoenix on uh, on the Titanic. Yep. So, you know, I mean, you know, it's good. I mean, it's nice to kind of speculate, um, but uh, you know, he's missed, unfortunately.
0: Even, even like the, at the end of that scene, like when Kiefer Sutherland's character Ace is like, you know, we're we're gonna. We're gonna get you for this. He was like he was cha- uh Phoenix was channeling his Clint Eastwood. He's like, You can try. Like it was very, <laughs> very much Clint Eastwood. Um We haven't talked about much of the music yet. Yep. Um, and it's there's a lot. I didn't realize I I'm looking at the the track list now.
1: Mm. It's a bit twenty songs here, right? Yeah, I guess on um, the Expanded band. version of it.
0: Um, yeah, I'm just on TuneFind.com, so they they list out everything that's just that's played, like not not the not the soundtrack, but like the actual track listing. Yep. Um, and I mean, so obviously a lot of this is like music music from the time, like the 50s. A lot of doo-wop. which. I was a big fan of when I was in high school. My stepdad was a huge dual fan, and like he would listen to it at home, and like just rubbed off. Mm. Um, so you have let's come go with me. The Dell Vikings, Dell Vikings coming again, but that I didn't hear Whispering Bells in there, but Get a Job is in there. The Silhouettes, yep. Dip 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 dip. dip dum 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 dum. Get a job. It's that that fitting for us right now. Yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, Lollipop, the cor- uh, cordettes.
1: Yeah, they sang that a bunch of times in the movie. In I movies.
0: hear, did we hear? Oh, in the car, Ace and his gang play mailbox baseball. Oh, Great Balls of Fire was playing during that scene?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> um, and Rockin' Robin, which I, I thought was the Jackson 5.
1: Yeah, I grew up with the Jackson 5 version.
0: Yeah, yeah um book of love yeah i mean i i had like uh uh actually my stepdad had it but i like stole it it's like this double cd set of duop songs and like all these songs are on there stole it yeah sorry not sorry i mean there's buddy holly in this as well which i don't know that song every day plays early on in the movie Oh, mm. but then of course, Stand By Me. Stand By Me. I mean, this the, the, that's like I don't, I never like to say this is my favorite song of all time, uh, but it's definitely up there. Stand By Me,
1: it's probably one of the most iconic songs ever, I think.
0: Well, apparently, it made a, a, a re had like a rebirth after this movie, which makes sense. Yep. Um And actually in this track list, they have stand by me, John Lennon. So yeah. Oh, what is this at the end? Jordy oh, plays with his child. Was that version playing? Was it John Lennon version? Yeah, playing? I think so. I thought it was the original version.
1: Maybe John Lennon anyway. was. Like, uh,
0: so, so this is, this, this, this is actually a, uh, a track list kind of made for me. I don't know about you, if you were ever into doo-wop and stuff.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was into all, I love all kinds of music. So a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these uh, songs played in a lot of like movies that were being shot back then, you know, like, um, you know, Happy Days
0: and, (laughs) yeah, you know, so, Oh, was a happy days, man. I mean, in this movie, like, you know, we, the, the way the music is used is very much like background and transition music, yeah. right? There's, it's, it's never like some of the other films you've done where it's speaking directly to the scene. Right. Um, I don't know if, like, the, uh, the, the Yakety Yak song. Mm. I mean, that's just a nonsensical song to me, but, like, I always think about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Twins. Oh, my God. Because he sings that in the plane, which we're gonna do, by the way. Okay. Um, that actually has a good soundtrack. Uh, yeah, my boy, um, Bobby McFerrin's up in that soundtrack. Uh, but like, get a job. But like, argument can be made. It's it's playing during a scene where Ace uh, is at the pool hall. <laughs> oh, that's another indoor scene. There you oh, there go. You go. Yep. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's at the pool hall. So like, are they suggesting he needs to get a job? <laughs> like, he should be working. <laughs> And how old is he supposed to be? Is he supposed to be like high school, like senior up there? Or is he supposed to be like... That's a good question.
1: I mean, old old enough (laughs) to scrape tattoos onto your arm.
0: Yeah. Well, I would also be like... (laughs) Yeah. What what was that scene? There was a song for that scene. Uh, Oh, my God. What were they... Oh, shit. I thought I wrote it down. There's a... When they're etching the what, cobras into their arms with a fucking razor. Yeah. There's like a love song playing. But the guy is talking about this girl he's seeing, so I guess <laughs> was it relevant to the scene?
1: Uh I don't know see how. Because that's the same scene. They were also listening to the um radio report about the murdered kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Was that whispering bells?
0: Oh, it's book. It's it's no, it's book of live. love. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he's and he's actually what what he's actually saying is complaining that she she won't let him go, like past like first base or something. So.
1: To what? Not really about love. I can tell you one thing about this movie. But did you know? Is that what this movie has taught yeah. me is? I'm glad I didn't grow up in like, you know the country. Because there ain't shit to do.
0: Yeah, these guys, well, I mean, pool pool's fun, I like pool. But yeah, just knocking over it's just mailboxes and etching shit in their own. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, thank you. City boy over here. Well, mm. did you know that Michael Jackson was asked to do a cover of uh, Stand By Me for this movie? Michael Jackson? for this movie yeah. that's what that's what IMDB told me so I'm just it's I feel like I'm but you know it says it looks like
1: it would be dope don't get me wrong cuz Michael is yeah. Michael but I feel like it turns the movie into a different thing
0: I don't know have you ever heard his um version of I mean it was when he was a kid but Ain't No Sunshine yeah. I, I fucking great version of the song so like, I feel like in the same way. I mean vein, I don't
1: doubt that it would be a good good, move, good good music
0: but this is 86 this is like this is Thriller Michael yeah. Jackson right I mean his voice uh, I don't, I don't know. know
1: I feel like it would have taken me out of the movie a little bit because his voice is so modern
0: oh well it, it, it sounds like he did record it because it says Rob Reiner in the end thought the original version was better suited so ouch huh. <laughs> But I guess he'd actually. I'd love to hear that version of the song.
1: Hmm. Wonder if it's ever been released.
0: They should, should release it now. Should. um All right, man. So, any any favorite quotes and uh, and what the fuck moments you wanted to? There's
1: so many what the fuck moments Plus in this it. movie. Um, uh, I get so for me, the what like the what the fuck moments. There are a lot. But I, I'm gonna choose couple like two or three. The f- first one was when, um, so when Jordy gets back from getting the food and he finds out his friends are gone, and then he Ooh. realizes that the guy's there, and he starts to run in, and they they're all arguing at the gate, and this dude calls them. Hey, you little foul mouth whore master! What the fuck? You little foul mouth whore, whore master. master! Has is that a is that like um, is there is that a record for the most unique curse out of a of a child actor on set?
0: Wait, that was no, a that, was the, the, that was the that was the guy the, the guy the,
1: whose yard that was
0: junkyard dude. Um I don't know. Whoremaster sounds like somebody out of Dungeons and like, Dragons. What is a
1: whoremaster?
0: master? Like uh, I feel
1: like he's...
0: is that like is that is that is that Yeah, the, i was gonna say pimp? it
1: sounds like is this should have been in forty eight for hours, pimp? not in this movie. You know.
0: Um yeah, so I did not notice that line. So
1: Well That was that that and then um my personal what the fuck which is so he goes so jordy goes into the store to get food for everybody and i was just amazed how much food and drink he was able to get for like a dollar 69 i mean i was like what
0: yeah it was a a loaf of bread meat <laughs> and sandwich sodas meat, four sodas
1: i was like damn
0: i need to move back then Well, you probably have fond memories of
1: that time. My part of the movie would be over for two seconds. They'd be looking for my body, probably. What about you? Anything that you... uh You know,
0: man, I I did like some of the interactions between... I kind of already mentioned some of them, but between Mm. Chris and Gordy. Um, But the scene... I think this is part of the scene when they're walking, the two of them having this conversation is... uh, Gordy asks Chris, like, mm. "Do you think I'm weird?" And Chris says, "Yeah, but everyone's weird." For me, I heard that line. I, I was like, "Okay, this is this is the, the pillar of right. which this movie stands." Um, because like you mentioned, like this kind of like this outsiders feel to it. Um, and and it's like, what it's, it's, it's coming of age story. It's like a great fucking right. point. Like, what is normal? Nobody's the same. Like, we're all everyone's like weird, right? Everyone's different. So, I thought that was kind of like it for me, kind of formed like the point of this whole film.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you think about everybody. Everybody in this movie is weird. Every the parents are weird. Ace is weird. The two the two dudes who were standing on the porch in the beginning talking about the murder. We, I mean, everybody has.
0: Yeah, that is. They're gonna say. Yeah, well also the, the whole conversation about his dead brother. Yeah, it's like everybody is weird. Uh it's just a matter of like finding that group of people that um embrace your weirdness.
1: Continue.
0: Uh yeah, I mean I was just saying like, yeah, that being the point of the film, which is you know, everybody's weird and it's just a matter of finding that those group of people that you know embrace that weirdness, yeah. right? Uh not not finding other Norman people, right? So, yeah, for me, that that really struck a chord. Um, If I were going to note my... another what-the-fuck moment, it would probably be something from trivia Mm. that I found, which is uh, Sutherland said in an interview that um, one of the locations of the film was at a Renaissance Fair, and, like, they bought... the cast bought a bunch of, like, Mm. cookies that were laced with pot.
1: Oh,
0: and Two hours later, the crew found Jerry O'Connell high and crying somewhere oh in the Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, is that another violation yeah, of child labor?
1: I don't labor? <laughs> know how Rob Reiner ended up getting another job.
0: Hopefully this interview that Kiefer gave was many, many years after the <laughs> Um, Are you ready for our final questions? Sure, why not? I-, I don't know if you want to go with our standards. I have, like, new one. Well, I think they're all all new, essentially. Um, But we can do the standard ones as well, if you want. So, uh, another piece of trivia that I found was that Sean Astin auditioned for the role of Chris. uh, Apparently right after River Phoenix (laughs) had finished his audition. Uh, And it says when he walked into the room, he said he knew that he had no chance because the filmmakers were choked up from River Phoenix's oh, wow. performance. Um but my question is, do you think Sean Aston would have been a good Chris or another uh character? Um
1: Chris no, definitely not. He might have been able to be Vern, maybe. <laughs> but I don't see it. I don't see anybody else being able to do him, uh Chris's role.
0: Yeah, I, I, unless, unless Sean Astin's that good an actor, he, he had to have that, like, cool, nonchalant kind of feel to him, almost bad boy, and I don't think he right. had that, uh, or has that, um, I think he could have done Gordy, I think he could have been a good Gordy, yeah. like that, that, like, nice guy, definitely, definitely see the intellectual part of the character.
1: Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Do you think, um, uh, all right, Patrick Swayze could have been in this movie?
0: Uh, no, there's no dancing. In Come on, more, man! He was in the Outsiders, kids. dude. You don't think he could have played Ace? <laughs> nah, I'm not. Or is uh, it
1: too like you know,
2: pretty for that role?
0: I don't know. I think it's just like he's always the anti-hero, not the uh, that's villain. That's true.
1: That's true. He would have pl- Actually, he maybe he would play the, hero, played the, the older the brother better. Maybe there's not enough. There's not that uh, many lines. You wouldn't have to really carry
0: anything. Well, could could he be in that role? Is that too small of a role? I for was him? eighty This
1: was eighty-six. Outsiders was eighty-three. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't that big at that moment.
0: Well, you, you kind of actually already answered the second question I put because, like, the last line in um, Richard Dreyfuss' computer is. Hmm. I never had any friends later on, like the ones I had when I was twelve. Jesus, does anyone? So you already said no. Oh, are you
1: going to ask me if I. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Just, just the one in yeah. jail. So okay. Um. Well, you know what's funny? Um, twelve. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I you know it's funny. Actually, one of my friends lives in Cuba right now. He's he's in town. And I saw him last week, so that was probably around yeah, that Yeah, I
1: was going to say, you you for sure could be possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have i have friends that, like, I, you know, I went to the same school for 13 years, so from kindergarten yeah, to so that's high school. Different. So, like, there are friends from, like, kindergarten that I still talk to, and even before. Like, I have family friends that I
2: still,
0: <laughs> I'm very close with. So, yeah, I mean, just from being in the same place for that long. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think okay, I went to two hard. different schools in fifth grade. So there's that.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, they kicked you out. No, nah,
1: I was advancing too smart, too fast. You my, you know, so you know it is. Yeah. Oh, shit.
0: Screw you. Excuse me. Excuse me. coming down. So. Okay, so we'll skip. Oh, we can to skip that question. Okay, so I got this question. I feel like those two questions. Well, at least the first question replaced our Hanks. Will Smith, Michelle, your question, but this one will replace our usual second one, which is, is there another song you can think of that could have been included in the soundtrack? Like, anything. Like, Um, in this particular movie, it's very period, like, of that period, so.
1: um, Wow, that's a good one.
0: I I have the benefit of already answering that, too. Uh,
1: Maybe Great Balls of Fire? Was that in this?
0: Great Balls of Fire. Uh I mentioned once. Was it Creeper's on fire? Or
1: oh yeah, it was in was the, uh, in the, the, the baseball car scene. scene the... Ah, okay. Um yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually I think um Don't say tears and no heaven. well Actually that might this might be a movie actually it could be in. Um I was gonna say um yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's a hard question. Maybe something with like um I don't know. That's a good question. I don't I don't know if I have an answer for that. Well
0: what about you? I I immediately I don't know, maybe I associate um Stand By Me in this song, uh, but sitting on the dock with A O Otis Redding for some reason. I, I I think in the scene where they're at the um the junkyard just sitting around shooting the shit, that would have been a good Song, yeah, they're not in the dock of the bay, but they are just like hanging out, wasting time, yeah. That's
1: a yeah, something with like, um, like maybe a Nat King Cole movie, uh, song, you know,
0: possibly, but that's that's a little before he's more 40s. No. So it might be a little early for him. I'd probably put like, is Aretha too late? She's more like 60s. Hmm. Maybe an Etta James.
1: Yeah, that might work.
0: Where's Elephant's Um,
1: Or something by Ray Charles, maybe. Yeah. Something by like Ray Charles yeah, or something I
0: mean, like that. I am always okay with Ray Charles. Um, well, this this seems like a throwaway question, but okay, what's your what's your favorite song in the soundtrack, and what do you think song do you think encompasses the story?
1: Well, when I when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, me and Chris have been choosing rent the same things way too often, and I had this sneaky suspicion this was going to happen again today. Um, but I was going to say, to be honest, I think both my favorite song and my title song are the same. I think for the rare time that happens, Stand By Me, um, I mean, Stand By Me is such a great, like, I, I feel like you can listen to that song anytime. Um, just like anytime, doesn't matter. Like, you, you know, you're preparing for a test. Uh, you driving in the car to you know a monster truck show you're you walking around Target I mean it's just it's such a great song and of course I yeah, feel I, like I, the, the, the title and theme of the song kind of speaks to the best the, the friendship between Chris and Jordy so well
0: it doesn't Doesn't help this question that like the name of the movie is yeah, inspired by the yeah. song. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, freaking you can't go wrong with the vocals. The instrumentation of the song is absurd. Um, that especially that the strings solo in yeah. the middle. Studio um, work on this yeah, song I is it's just,
1: incredible, considering what, when it was made.
0: Yeah, so it's um. Yeah, there's no, there's no question here. I don't. Yeah, moving on. Uh, (laughs) uh, What do you rate this film out of ten?
1: So I was trying to after at the end of this movie, I wanted to ask myself, is this a day killer? Is this song? Is this movie a day killer? Like, because you know, this is on the list of a lot of people's top one hundred films. I think this is usually somewhere in the top 20 or so films. and
0: Which is why we are doing it for a lead-up to 100 episodes. And
1: so, to me, a fair amount of those movies should be day killers, or could be day killers, I should say. Is this a day killer? Yeah, I gotta say it is. I gotta say that I think because of the pacing, and because of how it was written, this is a movie you can kind of put on in the background. Like you can just put it on and absorb it. So, um, because of that, I'm going to give this an probably a a nine.
0: and it continues. We got to start doing some <laughs> bad movies that you like. What do you mean um, I don't
1: like any bad movie? Well, that's not true. That's not.
0: True. Yeah, you hey. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I mean the pacing is key. Definitely yeah. a day killer. Like when this did come on TV all the time in the '90s. I Yeah, I I watched you just come it, you know, on Channel 11 time. all the time. Yeah, um, and it's just got that great balance of like the humor and and yeah. drama. You know, his brother's dead, and they're looking for a dead body, and like the connection of those two things for him. they're everyone's living situations but then also like these kids like the mama jokes and like just fucking around with each other and kidding around and like having I mean that's yeah. like, right like that's how we all were right like as kids for the most part you know you you experience some yeah. fucked up shit everyone does but like you don't dwell on it and like lean into like your friends and, and having a good time to deal with those situations so it's just very relatable um, yeah. and I definitely don't Definitely a day killer. I, I think yeah, I think the drop in points for me is from the overuse of the P word and the yeah. profanity. Surprising
1: amount. <laughs> to be honest.
0: Yeah. Um but I gave it a nine too. I can't I can't really give it yeah, less than a nine. Yeah, I feel like guy. it'd be weird. It's 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 in it's in the AFI top one hundred yeah. for a reason. You know? Yeah. And the one
1: thing we didn't really talk about too is I think one of the appeals too for this movie is these you know Except for maybe um Corey Hain and um except for Corey Feldman. Um uh these guys all went on to be what I would call household names as teenagers. You know what I mean? And so if you grew up in the like if you grew up watching anything in the eighties, You've you've come across these guys more than once, and I think there's a bit of a like the name you know kind of feeling to this movie. You like they're comfortable people that you see on screen. It's almost that, and that I, I think is what's similar between this movie and the Outsiders is that a lot of these teenagers grew up to be household names.
0: Jerry Bacama, Sliders,
1: man, yeah, that shit was
0: dope. Um, apparently, speaking with Jerry McConnell O'Connell, um, he was married to—is he still married to Rebecca Romijn? He was married to her, they and might like have
1: just gotten
0: they, maybe but like they never talked about it. But apparently, at a party, they all got drunk, and one of her friends told her that like "Stand by Me" was her favorite movie. Ever. Oh wow! <laughs> but she had never told him that. I thought that was a, a funny little tidbit, but she's uh, living her childhood dreams, I suppose. Well, she probably wanted River Phoenix, though. You know, <laughs> like, she didn't want to burn. Uh, cool. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm glad we're kicking off this this lead up to 100 episodes. This, I, I thought, was a very good movie to start yeah. with. We've got a a tentative list um, for, the, for the remaining nine movies, yeah. so yeah, man. Looking forward to it, and and hopefully we'll find some really cool guests to join us on some.
1: Yeah. Talks. So if anyone is uh, is uh, passionate about film and music and wants to come on and talk with talk with us about one of the nine remaining films we've got until until uh, our hundredth episode, or if you want to come on our hundredth episode. Because I think that that should be fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, DM yeah, us on. on our uh, Instagram profile, the Tracklist podcast. Cool. Yeah, I'm
0: so I I'm, uh, was going to ask you what you got coming up, but we have something yeah, coming we, up.
1: We're, we're putting together an, an event, um, networking event for film and television people. Um, and... Uh, so far um, signups have started strong so um, if you want to attend if you are in film television music you, you know media entertainment so if you're like a content creator or your podcaster you're welcome to come as well um, in New York City at the at the globe 23rd street on November 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. um uh, we will be um we'll post the link on our Instagram bio so you can go up there and uh, register um do it soon cuz if if the ne- last few days have been any de- um indication it's going to be a good turnout and um it's only fifteen bucks at the moment, so take advantage of that while you can. Sign up, come join us for a drink before the holidays, and uh, and then and then and then three days later, Mr. Saunders rocks out at the Delancey in New York City.
0: Oh snap! Yeah man. Looking forward to that. Uh rehearsal date is set. Looking forward to getting together with my my boys, Mike Bennett, JT Curtis and Justin Carter. Uh get our set together, get ready for the show, reggae all day. Um we'll go on at 6:45. So November 17th for the Lansing. Yeah, so looking forward to seeing everybody. So that there. should
1: be a good week for for everybody to come out, meet people and come and meet some more people and listen to some music and have some drinks. And, and then, um, cause that's a Friday that he's performing on the 17th. It's
0: been, it's been a while since I so, did. Zach, so. <laughs> so you can
1: wrap, wrap your week up at work, come out, uh, to the Delancey's, which is super easy to get to. It's right off the, um, the, what's that? The F train. I think it is. So, yeah. um, you know, no excuse not to be able to show up. Show up and blow up so I can get my flow up. No?
0: Okay. I okay. guess that's our cue. Thank you for checking out the track list. Um, yeah. Uh, we're excited again for the lead up to 100 episodes. I think it's a great, amazing milestone. We've been doing this for some years yeah. now. so. Um, And we got some really great movies in the pipeline. I think we've got Sound and Music, Apocalypse yep. Now, I think uh, we have to do Shaft. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're still rounding out that list, but we, we've got some targeted top 100 AFI yep. movies um,
1: with great uh, and tracks. Before we go, um, and I think you probably will agree to this, we just wanted to um, say our condolences to um, friends and family of Matthew Perry, who unfortunately passed away this week. Um you know, he's uh he's the underrated comedian. I will say that much, I think. I mean, I don't know the man personally, but I appreciated his ability to make people laugh and um you know we'll probably do one of his films um as well soon.
0: And and Richard Roundtree, Richard Roundtree, who who passed away last week as well, is
1: the icon. You know, known as the iconic Shaft, but more importantly, just an important figure in black cinema. So um, our prayers out to his friends and family, and we'll also be doing Shaft. We're going to do. We were going to do. Hey, let's just be real. We were going to do Shaft. Whether he. You know pathway or not because it was just it's just that dope of a film and and uh soundtrack but um you know this will give us an excuse to talk even more about them on the on the podcast so yeah all right. All right. cool well wow. uh make sure to like follow and subscribe to us on tracklist podcast show on Instagram and Facebook and in, I guess until then I am Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris this was The Track List the track We'll list. talk to you guys later Be safe, enjoy the rest of your week